Welcome to Mind Positivo. My name is Biagio, and today we have the pleasure of being joined by a gentleman by the name of David McQueen, um, who I've known for a couple of years, and so an absolute pleasure to be interviewing him today. Uh, David is originally from London, uh, grew up there and came over here around about 10 years ago, I believe. Dave, you can correct me if um, I'm yeah, wrong there. 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. Um, currently, he's the head of strategy and business performance for the broker distribution area for Westpac. Yeah. And is also is the founder of the Leadership Project. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks again, mate. Really appreciate it. But Thanks before I start, I just wanted to congratulate you on everything you've achieved so far and everything you do for other people because I've read some of your articles that you've worked on and um, they're very inspiring and they help others in, in a, an amazing way. So congratulations. Thanks, mate. Yeah, I think when I first started writing my articles, it was probably more from a... Um, uh, a Interestingly, with this discussion, it was just to uh, clear my mind in terms of uh, my thoughts, etc. But then, when you start to realise that they have a profound impact on others, it's uh, very rewarding. And uh, absolutely, absolutely. And and at Mind Positivo, we were sort of in the same game as yourself, is um, trying to make a difference, raise awareness on issues like autism, and mental health, yeah. and and you know help others, and, and basically have uh, an initiative that sort of allows people to to start a conversation and, and see what is out there for them to to be supported and motivated. Yeah. So, I mean, but if we can start off, um, how, did it all, how did it all begin for you? I know you moved to Australia. How did you find yeah. that move compared to the to, the, to London? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, um, I mean, I, I think uh, we, we just discussed this, but um, for the benefit of the audience, I grew up in Camden Town in North London, which is very different from Australia. Um, I, sometimes when I say I grew up in quite a tough council estate and um, with not a lot of money it makes it sound like I had a tough upbringing but I think it was actually far from that like when I look back at my childhood I only have really positive memories so uh, um, you know, a, a Greek grandmother who had a really big um, impact on me um, so she was an immigrant who came over I think when she was 16 um, my grandfather was Scottish and my, and my other two um, grandparents um, on my mum's side from Northern Ireland so family was always a really big role in my life um, but we were first generation Londoners so um, that migrant um, although I'm probably the palest guy um, in <laughs> Sydney the, the migrant um, aspect played a really big role in my upbringing and family was a bit really big role um, so yeah I think uh, football was my life as a teenager mm -hmm. um, wasn't able to make it as a professional football player, so headed off to university. Um, still didn't know what I wanted to do. So I think that's an, an, an interesting part there is that I heard um, a podcast yesterday actually talking um, around a mid-twenties, um, midlife, instead of a mid midlife crisis, a mid-twenties crisis. And I think mm -hmm. I kind of went through that post-university because I had absolutely no idea in what I wanted to do. So I went backpacking, went around Thailand, um, went around a few different places, South America, and that's how I kind of ended up in Australia because I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do, um, and that was in the middle of the GFC. Right. So no work. Um, so came here, no intention to stay here, but um, that's just how life. Ten years later, you're still yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, can't complain. And I believe that you have some um, familiar something in common with some royal people is that right <laughs> yeah yeah so it's uh so I, I did go to university with prince william and st andrews so, well that's uh, a big one that yeah one. um played football against them a few times um yeah so it was a pretty um 
uh, strange when you're walking down the street and you just see Prince William or shaking his hand after a football game. And it was a very long way from Camden Town, that's for sure. So it was, yeah, very cool. Um, I, I, I've got to admit, I wasn't um, close buddies with him or anything, but um, it was just cool seeing him around and uh, sharing a sports field with the future King of England, cool. who uh, was an Aston Villa fan, if that means anything to anyone. They're not a very good football team, but it's uh, still pretty cool. Well, I'm personally a Liverpool fan myself. Well done, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. Very, very uh, smart. But uh, no, that's a great story, that one. So. Um, when you came to Australia, so you, did you start off um, in the, the corporate world or did, were you doing something different? Yeah, so um, my first job here was actually at Macquarie Bank, um, but it was quite strange how I got it. It was, um, I, I'd never really grown up thinking, right, I want to work in a bank. My mum had worked in banks and actually she'd worked in mortgages as well. Um, so there was a familiarity there, but it was literally that I just went to a job agency and they said, oh, you'll be a good fit for this role. I think they were looking for literally um, 20 backpackers to go in. Um, got lucky that when I went in, they kept half of them and I was one of those half. And that really um, introduced me to corporate life in Australia, but also taught me a little bit about the workplace environment. So um, I had some visa restrictions at the time, but did that role for six months. Uh, they offered to keep me on, but um, I went on to a few different things and uh, no, but it was a really good introduction into uh, financial services. Right, and and did you end up playing football here in Australia? Or, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, played at um, Sydney University's Premier League team. So um, I, I've got to admit, I didn't know who Craig Foster was at the time, but um, he was playing with us. So uh, the first time I saw him, sorry, sorry, Fozzie, if you hear this, I, I was like, uh, who's this old guy with grey hair? Let's go a bit easy on him. Um, but a very good football player. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, it was um, really good, and I've got to admit, I was surprised by the standard here, um, particularly the fitness levels. Um, technically still some very good players, um, but the fitness levels were very, very good. Um, very good, yeah. And um, how did you find it? I know you talk about um, overcoming challenges in, in life and in, in the, the corporate world. Um, were there any examples that you sort of came across that you share with others through your um, your articles? And yeah, yeah, so 2000 and I have to remember the year, it was a pretty big incident in my life. Uh, 2013, I had a brain aneurysm. Um, so like I said, yeah, late December, early Jan, I had the surgery. So I, I look back now, I was actually really lucky that it was diagnosed. So I was in, on holiday in Thailand with uh, one of my best mates, Sean O'Sullivan. Lucky he was with me. Um, just started feeling a bit sick. Ended up in a hospital over there to diagnose it as a brain aneurysm. Ended up having surgery, which I lost like a lot of the use of my right eye, um, and a lot of physical challenges as well. Like I couldn't walk for a few months subsequently. So obviously a lot of challenges that come from that. And and looking back, um, Professor Morgan, who conducted the surgery, very very good surgeon. So lucky that um, I had him. But I remember one of the things he said to me was that. Um, and I, and I doubted it at the time, was that the physical challenge is one thing, but it will be the mental challenge that's actually the biggest. And for someone like you, um, uh, you know, 30 years of age, that's physically very fit, um, realizing that you are mortal will be a big challenge. And I never realized how big a role that would play because I, I just saw it at that time as a physical challenge. Yep, I'll overcome it. If I need to run 50 miles to get fit again, I'll do it. If I need to do a thousand press ups, I'll do it. But when you do realize um, the mental impact that it has, 
uh, it is significant. Yeah, well, it sounds like, I mean, at Mind Positiva, we talk about um, taking a negative situation to a positive, and that yeah. sounds exactly like what you've done. And, um, and I know uh, through knowing you over the last few years that you've sort of uh, brought that trait into the corporate world and, and shared that with others. So um, with that in mind, how are you finding the corporate world now? Do you feel that um, it, it's supportive in that way to support people who uh, yeah. are struggling? I think, um, look, I think there's been significant improvements, but there's still a long way to go. Um, and I, I think that's in um, all walks of life. So if I look at when I went through my surgery, I was really lucky. Um, my boss at the time, Aaron Phillips, was really supportive. I was at NAB, who were really supportive. Um, and if I hadn't have had that, it would have been a huge, huge struggle. Um, I remember at the time um, that I needed to leave, my team actually went up to my boss and offered to donate all of their annual leave to um, pay for the three months that I needed off. Amazing. Um, you know, which is, yeah, like, and um, for me that really taught me, it was one of my biggest leadership lessons around the importance of um, the people around you and the impact of that. So I think there's the cultural aspect that regardless of the rules that exist within an organisation, you have to have that right culture for people um, to obviously make um, actions like that and to be able to ask that. Now, fortunately, NAB supported me even without them having to do that, which spoke volumes, I think, around them. Um, and I think Westpac, again, you know, have always been very supportive of people in similar situations. You know, I've had, and without delving into individual ones, I know where they've definitely supported people that have been in those situations. But a lot. A lot does come down to your individual people leader as well. And this is why um, I, I wanted to go into exploring opportunities such as the leadership projects, because you can have rules, you can have boundaries, but if you don't have the right culture and the right leaders within those um, that, that support uh, that, then I don't think it will ever be realised. And just on the lead, 